everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. I hope you're having a very, very happy Thanksgiving week and Christmas season. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Michelle's here. Hey, everyone. And today we are here to talk about some of the non-Hallmark Christmas movies that have been airing on Lifetime, on Hulu, BET Plus, uh, all over the place. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Some we've both seen, some uh, I've seen, some Michelle has seen. Uh, so we're going to cover 10 movies today. So we've got a lot of ground to, to cover. Yeah, I was like, can I squeeze in any more? Then I was like, yeah, I think we're at. <laughs> so how are you doing? How, have you been enjoying the uh, Christmas movie uh, watching season so far? Yeah, it, it's been interesting because normally my priority is is sort of trying to get through the homework ones and then just everything else yeah um whereas this year I'm going the opposite way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm trying it's been interesting just sort of sleuthing trying to find all of these different movies and what network are they on and yeah it's just been a lot more interesting um yeah. there's another couple that have popped up in the UK here and I think one is on up tv it's just it's I, I've no idea how it happened but on Paramount UK just dumped like a huge amount of mov- uh, Christmas movies like 10 or there was a couple more this morning as well so I've had to sort of try and find out where they come from and what network they're going on and so I think one is up tv I've no idea what's happening with this other one um I'll send you it and you can maybe tell me but yeah, yeah it's just we- interesting how we get them before you guys sometimes yeah this year you're getting the good especially one of so i've been so looking forward to uh that uh, <laughs> like, I, I wish i could my vpn i wish i had my vpn to work so i could watch it for paramount uk uh but uh but uh yeah there's been a lot and we don't claim to review every single thing on these non-hallmark uh, uh episodes uh so if you have something that you saw that we haven't talked about, uh, that you want to talk about, uh, let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear about it. There's so many. And of course we talked, I talked with Aaron about Christmas story, Christmas, uh, our special Christmas episode that's on HBO max. So if you want to, uh, learn more of my thoughts, at least on that, you should check out that episode. Also, uh, I talked about, uh, the two Netflix entries this last week with Chris Maldonado, my good friend. Uh, we talked about flying for Christmas and Christmas with you. So there's, if, if it might not all be on this episode is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just seems like I'm finding out about all of these different streaming services because all, they've <laughs> yeah. all got Christmas movies. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. This, what was it? The, uh, the, uh, the well the finding one on we had one on crackle and the meeting mr christmas we had uh, we had one on there's been one on roku on all kinds of things oh <laughs> everyone's to be in on the game <laughs> but let's get started let's dive in so let's talk about sweet navidad this is on the 17th on lifetime uh, stars Camilla Bannis and Mark Hopka. Pastry chef dreams of opening her own pastry shop, being but being paired with another chef for a grand event, they have to learn from one another and eventually come together to create a truly inspired menu in time for Christmas. So overall, Michelle, what did you think about this movie? Um, yeah, so I'd seen this last year. Um, 
And from what I remembered, I thought it was, a, you know, a pretty okay film. And so, yeah, the rewatch pretty much confirmed that. I thought it was, yeah, pretty much harmless. There was nothing mm-hmm. sort of that really stood out in it. I do like Kirk Hapa's uh, character was, you know, not as angsty as I assumed he would be as a, you know that sort of stereotypical sort of tropey thing that they have in these sort of competition dynamics I felt like he was a lot more open um, to all of the different ideas and things that was presented to him so I liked that aspect of it um, mm-hmm. I did think there was no sort of urgency like as they were counting down the days I'm like you guys have done nothing <laughs> like can we like can we hurry up you've not decided on anything yet um so I thought that aspect of it was a little like because I, I worked in, in kitchens for years um that was actually what I planned to do with my life but I just sort of wasn't enjoying it so I stopped mm-hmm. doing it but yeah it was that that sort of thing of like yeah I was just like you guys need to like lock down this menu <laughs> like ASAP um I think you've got to like day two and they still hadn't done it and I was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I I found this one kind of frustrating to be honest this one wasn't my favorite uh I I felt like they didn't really have great chemistry and I I found her character to be a little bit grating and I would have been so annoyed with her for for getting to put in her menu like yeah. I mean it's not like she just forgot an item or something like that, but to completely forget the entire menu, you know, submitting it, like that seems her order. I think that's that seems very unprofessional to me. I mean, especially when it's supposed to be this big thing and and you know, I know they're trying to sell her as like, oh, she's the home chef or whatever, but all the more reason that she would she would be wanting to prove herself and make sure that she got them got the order in on time uh so you know that was definitely frustrating and not that people don't do frustrating things you know people forget big things sometimes in life and that happens but i i just it sort of added to this feeling of like i'm frustrated with this woman like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i get that um and also didn't really feel believable that she would forget as well because yeah it it just it felt like they were trying to sort of hammer home that you know like you said that sort of home chef type of but that doesn't make her incompetent right um <laughs> so yeah she's obviously like been practically running her own business you know side by side with with someone else so yeah the idea that she would forget to put in that order was a little you know much <laughs> yeah and i don't really understand the appeal of this competition like they're i mean the only benefit is is supposed exposure i guess like positive Um, word of mouth like a a good review um yeah that seems like not a very good reward yeah yeah you would think it would be like (laughs) a cash reward on christmas yeah yeah like a cash reward something they can put towards a business that would be make more sense especially because a big part of you know the story is him you know losing his restaurant and yeah. her about to lose hers so yeah <laughs> that would have been a little bit more motivation maybe they would have sped up them creating the menu if they were you know a bit more motivated yeah like the big prize was you get to work on christmas <laughs> like congratulations <laughs> that was strange i also this is a nitpick but it did kind of bother me that i felt like they needed to get their hair up 
like both of them have have longer hair um both guy and girl and they were just it was always kind of like hanging out i'm just like oh you're (laughs) you're gonna be working in a kitchen you need your hair back (laughs) you know it's not as pretty for the movie but kind of annoyed me (laughs) Uh, you know yeah i worked in kitchens and yeah the first thing you do when you step in is you put your hair up and you put a hairnet on (laughs) yes and i understand not needing the the hairnet but like not having it actively like flowing you know your hair like have it back at least a little bit uh is i was always very like paranoid about that yeah i always had it like back in in a hairnet yeah because there's nothing more gross than getting a hair in your food and they certainly wouldn't want to do this for this like big event and i did like that they kind of worked in her puerto rican Mm-hmm. heritage into the movie and into her food and she's making like uh, empanadas and stuff like that and so that was done pretty well and uh, and there were some like fun moments of sort of enemies to lovers in the script i just didn't love their chemistry i i found her kind of grating and i yeah i so that was and then the hair thing <laughs> <laughs> the hair thing was the big stickler yes that's the, that's the stickler. so i would give this one two and a half crowns yeah yeah i would give it yeah 2.75 but yeah i pretty much feel the same way about it it's, it's yeah. nothing spectacular here <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm gonna do one that i saw that you didn't see um <laughs> this is one of it is on great american family but it's also on hulu um, so that's the only reason we're talking about it. It's a Merry Christmas wish. And like I said, you can watch this on Hulu. Uh, and this stars Jill Wagner and Cameron Matheson. And it's a New York City advertising executive returns to her hometown to sell the family farm, but instead reconnects with her childhood friend and gets involved with organizing the yearly winter wonderland, which takes place on the property. So I like both Jill and Cameron a lot. I think they're really fun people and they've, uh, Jill's been very supportive of the podcast and, and everything. And so I, you know, I, I really do enjoy her and, and Cameron has been in a bunch of good movies, but this one was rough. This was not great. I mean, I don't mind a movie that's super tropey, you know, that that's the city girl going to the country. I don't, I'm, I, I, some people that that's like an immediate turnoff, not for me. Like it's, it's kind of what you do with that, that exactly, then yeah. matters, you know, like if you have the banter, if you have the chemistry, if you have the, you know, I can really enjoy, like, I love Miss Christmas, for example, you know, where mm-hmm. she's from the city and she goes to the, to the country and meets the hometown hot widower, you know, I, I love that. So it can be done very well. Uh, this is just not the case with this. Like this movie was work. It was so slow. And so like they had like, okay, chemistry, but there was just nothing, uh, to like, I don't know, to hold on to in this movie to the, the plot was so generic. The banter wasn't interesting. The characters weren't interesting. I mean, the, the, most of the time was just planning this uh this festival and so that's not my favorite and yeah it was it was rough so Oof. want to skip <laughs> want to yes. skip 
definitely <laughs> skip. I would give it like a one. It was not, it was not good. Maybe a 1.5 just for, just for Cameron and Jill. But mm-hmm. uh, it's frustrating but, when you have the actors, but you don't have the, the script. The, the script or mm-hmm. yeah, the creative sort of juices that you need for these films because, you know, they are all made out of tropes. But as just like you said, it is what you do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know that there's a few movies that you know we're going to talk about tonight that they're just all full of these same tropes. But yeah, unless you've got like an idea of what you want to do to stand out, then they could be really rough to get through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's been fun this year with Hallmark getting a lot of different ideas, you know, like through Wiseman and Golden Dragon and uh just a uh the Christmas Ghost of Christmas Always, these sort of new fresh ideas. I love that. But I also really love like a classic Hallmark movie, you know, with that's very predictable and but when it's done well when we have that chemistry when we've got the banter we've got you know all that stuff then then all of that becomes charming and when we don't have it it just becomes rough (laughs) so i would not recommend checking this one out on hulu Uh, and i don't they they just seem to love putting joe wagner in these planning movies and she's so talented that you know i think back to the um Maggie's Christmas Miracle, oh, yeah. uh, where there was so much heart. It was such a lovely movie. And so maybe what they need to do is get back to Karen Kingsbury. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah. Find one of yeah, her that was, and they do that. Yeah, that was one of my favorites that year. That was so, it was good. so good. Luke McFarlane was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Let's talk about uh, Country Christmas Harmony. Mm -hmm. This is on the 18th on Lifetime, Brooke Elliott, Brandon Quinn. Uh, and it's country superstar Chrissy Kessler is forced by her record executive to return to the hometown she left behind to perform a live Christmas concert. While home, she runs into her ex and former performing partner, Luke Covington, who she left behind years ago. So we had Brooke on the podcast, which was super fun. Uh, I'm a huge fan of her. So that was, a, I, I mean, I don't fangirl often. But uh, that was one that I was pretty, I was pretty excited for, and I thought she was great and uh, enjoyed talking to her. And uh, overall, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very sweet, and uh, I liked all. I liked the music in it, and of course, they have great chemistry, Brooke and, and Brandon. And I mean, this is probably actually a good example of sort of doing your tropes but doing it really well there's nothing like super original except for i did think i found the ending refreshing 
Uh, it was a little bit different, but it done very well, very swoon worthy throughout. Um, what, uh, what did you think of it? Um, I liked it. I would have liked a little bit more music. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I would have liked a little bit more because I felt like we really only got those, you know, a couple of songs. And yeah, I would have just liked to have heard, heard a little bit of a snippet of what what she had sort of done before this sort of pop thing had come out mm. and sort of seen, you know, what she was doing without Luke. Um, yeah. Yeah, just to, to add, just to get an idea of what kind of country artist she was. I feel like I needed a little bit more um, of, of that. But yeah, I love country music. So this was, um, <laughs> yeah, I was sort of, you know, primed to love this one. thought, yeah, their chemistry was so good. I mean, they're on that show together, aren't they? So yeah, they've, they've definitely, you know, got sort of uh, an affection for each other that you can mm-hmm. definitely see on screen. And that is so helpful sometimes. And yeah, I just, I, I really liked it. Um, yeah, I actually thought there was quite a few songs for this kind of to have. I think they had like four, mm-hmm. um, four songs, uh, two, but I think they were kind of squished together. So maybe that's part of it because they had Santa Slay and, uh, and then uh, there was Jingle Bells, I think. And then, uh, and then at the beginning, and then there's a little bit of time. And then at the end, they have the two, they've got, um, Sweet 16 Christmas and uh, the, um, uh, the, uh, what is it called? What's the other one called? Um, uh, uh, I can't remember, but there's like a non-Christmas song that he, uh, um, that they sing together. That's like their song, but yeah, they were kind of grouped together. So I think that maybe is part of it. Uh, but I did think Santa Slay was very funny. <laughs> really funny. Um, yeah. yeah, it just looks so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and she said that was a hoot to do. It was a lot of fun. And I can imagine that would be really funny to, to do this like pop, the cheesy mm-hmm. Christmas song. That was fun. I do think that he was maybe a little bit too harsh. Like, I realize this is a second chance romance and he's bitter, but like he, he was really, really harsh to her when they, I mean, I, when, when they first see each other again, like that's a great moment. Like it's, it, they pause and look at each other and like the world stops for like a good 30 seconds. Like it was a a while and, uh, oh, wow. Uh, but then, you know, when he says that you don't have a, a, an ounce of authenticity to you and he's just pretty he's pretty mean yeah he's pretty mean and I, I did like the the sort of her talking about why she you know couldn't come home and why she'd stayed away and yeah you know, I, I really I find sometimes that's a little hard to land in these movies but I feel like they really did it well in this in this movie and like you say a lot of the the tropes that I mean it's sort of sad that it's a trope but they do have the sort of widower thing as as a trope and you know the the family member that adopts a child that's another trope that you see a lot in these movies yeah um but again true. I felt like it was done up you know really well and really thoughtfully in this movie yeah he's not a hot widower he's like a hot widower uncle yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's even hotter I think 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he like didn't have to to do it, but he did, which is very very sweet. Uh, he's taking care of his nephew, and he's but he is well. Like once they get to that co- that conversation where they're really talking, they're hashing it out what happened in the past. Like that's really great. But just this first meeting, they have this really long stare down. And they can't believe that each other is there. And then he says that uh, this you know concert is just a publicity stunt. He does, she doesn't care, and he's pretty he's pretty upset with her. And uh, and then uh, they end up getting caught in the storm together mm-hmm. in this place. And that the that outside the window. <laughs> yeah, that creates a lot of cozy moments. That <laughs> like. And she says, I was afraid if I came back, I wouldn't have the strength to leave again. So, and, uh, and she, he says the key to writing a good song is three chords and the truth. Yeah. Such a classic country. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't know that Brandon Quinn could sing, but he, I thought he did a good job here. Did a really good job. Um, yeah, I'm, I like their I'm, duet. I'm surprised that he doesn't have much experience by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, maybe he does, and I just am not aware. Uh, but I didn't know that he uh he was the singer, and I thought yeah, he, he sells it. it. <laughs> did a good job, you know, with the duet and everything, and and that's just like so swoon worthy. Is uh, this guy like very? He's very in touch with his emotions and his feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. he's a songwriter. <laughs> yeah, songwriter. <laughs> then we have uh this yeah, they're in this left out in the storm, they're talking, and uh, he says, Let's make a deal that you write the song and I and then I will do anything you want. And, <laughs> and, they, uh, um, and so he wants her to put on this like concert for the town, just for the just for the town. And mm-hmm. uh and he's they say let's pretend we're back together just for tonight mm-hmm. and they dance that was i thought a nice really nice little scene yeah yeah, yeah i like that um and i'm glad the sort of ex-boyfriend just sort of appears and disappears again right <laughs> i could not have put up with him for like an entire movie <laughs> yeah it was on another level yeah brad love yeah <laughs> Uh, and uh, so they uh, um, they have a, a kiss in this pretending time which was fun and he says how can I resent my past when you're my past hmm. that was good and, uh, and then uh, she gives him the lucky guitar pick uh, that uh, he he had used and she uh, she had uh, become a star, I guess, whatever on it. And uh, and then he writes Sweet 16 Christmas. And uh, that's when Brad Love shows up. And I feel like if you're going to do the ex-boyfriend kind of trope like this archetype uh, where you got kind of basically a bad amount of business, like make him funny like yeah. they did here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, and then uh, they they almost have another kiss, but yeah, that's when Brad Love inter- interrupts them. This is and... the type of character that like Christopher <laughs> Russell is good at. <laughs> like, yes, just 
<laughs> just the absolute buffoon. Yeah, I know. I miss some of some of our uh, leading men when they they get the upgrade to leading man status. I know it's good for their pocketbooks and their career, but I feel like sometimes we lose. <laughs> Like, I'm so happy for Marcus Rosner that he is, you know, a leading man now, but I kind of miss, uh, he was so good at being the wrong guy that I kind of miss it. <laughs> like, for and birthday wish, like that. <laughs> he's so funny in that movie. He's, he's so clueless that it's funny. Uh, but, you know, they say, you are my past, present, and future. And the, the, the thing at the end that makes this unique. So they have the concert and he says, uh, what would you think of me moving to Nashville? She's like, well, would Brady want that? And uh, he, she, he says, oh, you're like his favorite person. So of course he would. And uh, he says, wherever you are is where I want to be. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We get so often in these movies, we get the, uh, the, I'm not going to move for you hmm? kind of a th- like plot. Like that's the big conflict of like, oh, we love each other, but we live in different places and I'm, and I'm just over that. And so this saying, I don't care where I have to go. I want to be with you. That is swoon worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. That That's such a difficult <laughs> It's such a difficult plot to handle. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't want to lean too far into the sort of fairy tale of, you know, I'm going to give up my entire life to go with this person. But I, the thing is you have to make the relationship believable and work. If that doesn't work, then the sort of giving up of everything doesn't work either, yeah. if, you're not, if you understand, yeah. Yeah, we don't want a uh, to bring up our Heartland podcast. We don't another Lou and Peter <laughs> dynamic. Oh, jeez, yeah, we've got we've got enough of that coming in <laughs> in season sixteen. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I give this movie a three point seven five. I did really, I I did enjoy it. It is pretty, it's pretty basic except for that ending, but uh, but I had a good time with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll join you on that. Um on that score yeah i was just looking at the writers and i think this is their first tv movie um and that's just really impressive (laughs) yeah that's very impressive it's their first time out so yeah i agree with that score well done all right well let's take off check off one of yours that you saw that i didn't see Hmm? let's talk about planes trains and christmas trees and I'm so frustrated that I haven't been able to watch this movie because uh, I've been looking forward to it all year because when we gave Christmas on Fifth Avenue, the, the best non-Hallmark uh, Christmas movie award last year for Hallmarkies podcast awards, they were filming it and they recorded their acceptance speech in their elf outfits for this movie. And so I've been looking forward to seeing it and it's not being released anywhere here yet. I mean, I assume it'll come to Paramount plus eventually here in, in the United States, but, uh, but you were lucky and you got to see it in the UK and it stars Catherine Davis and Olivia Renaud, who of course I loved in Christmas on fifth Avenue. And it's uh, during a business trip, event planner Kaylee and sports agent Brett find themselves unable to fly home for Christmas due to a snowstorm 
Determined to get back to New York City by Christmas Eve, the two team up to try to make their own way home. So what did you think of it? Um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, And I think it's really obvious, like, when two actors like each other and, Uh like, working together. Like, even in the early parts of this movie, they just have, like, a kind of sparkle together. Uh Um, Like, there's a scene where they're just kind of looking at each other in the hallway. And it's just the looks that they're giving each other. You're like, yeah, these people genuinely like each other. That comes across on screen. Um, You know, I will say they did have two things in this movie that I don't typically like, but I feel like they really made it work. One Uh was it is a planning movie. Uh So they do get sort of stranded and uh, sorry, in Oliver's hometown. And they sort of have to take over the planning of the local festival christmas oh, festival really? <laughs> yeah so i thought it was like a road trip movie it starts name. off as yeah it starts off as a road trip movie and it sort of tricks you into thinking that oh, um but then it sort of turns into you know a, a sort of forced proximity because they can't leave because of the weather uh. um so they're sort of stuck in there they're doing a lot of planning i will say that their sort of fun bantery dynamic make it work because there is a lot of humor and they just work really well together uh-huh. um and then the other thing is that she does have a boyfriend uh-huh. and that's you know another thing that I'm not a big fan of but he only exists in text messages and on another side of the phone that we don't hear so it's a little bit more he's not actually a character um yeah he's just sort of on the periphery but unfortunately that does create like um you know that that does make the relationship very much non-romantic openly between them Mm -hmm. because there is that like he knows that she has a boyfriend so he's not going to you know cross any lines or he's you know very respectful of that throughout the movie um and that does last a significant amount of the movie and there is this kind of subplot of his sister and her husband having marital issues and their daughter is a big part of the movie as well. And that that just felt a little bit shoehorned in um, because it, it didn't feel like we were getting enough information on that relationship to mm-hmm. really care because the, the husband only really comes in uh, towards the end of the film. So yeah, that part didn't really work for me, but pretty much everything with Catherine and Oliver is is so worth watching in this movie mm-hmm. like they really should work on a movie together every the year <laughs> they're oh. so good and yeah like good job on you for spotting it the first time out and <laughs> them as, as sort of a, of a duo because they do really work together it does come across on screen I would love to know the backstory of this because I was beginning to think this must be terrible like if if it's if nobody's wanting to release it really bad like i mean think of things they do release (laughs) and then this one i was just so puzzled and now i continue to be puzzled of why this didn't get picked up by any of the yeah networks worst thing you could see about this movie is that it's very tropey but you can see that about all of these movies Uh you know something you know it might work for me it might not work for you it's a completely you know you know down to your taste and what works for you in these movies Uh and for me like the majority of this movie works because the majority of this movie is those two actors together yeah and and their dynamic really works they sort of elevated yeah um what they were given i wish that the the sort of 
boyfriend wasn't a part and we could have had yeah. a little bit more romantic scenes with them because it felt like you know the script was very yeah. um, clear that nothing you know clear obviously romantic could happen between them um and it is risky naming your movie planes trains and christmas trees because i mean you're talking planes trains and automobiles is one of the like icons i mean that is just classic uh so you're putting the expectation that it's gonna be an like incredible comedy when you give it this very similar name uh so i don't know if that was a barrier at all for some people yeah and it is interesting because that title you know they their cat their, their train gets cancelled sorry their plane gets cancelled they go try and get a train they can't because of the weather so everything is shut down travel wise they've only got a car but then mm-hmm. they can only drive so far as the hometown of Oliver's character so then they're just kind of stuck there the rest of the movie just waiting on a plane yeah it is very deceptive in that in that yeah. aspect that is it's very much not a road trip movie i expected it to sort of be you know sort of in the vein of those you know kind uh-huh. of road trippy movies that we see of them stuck in a car together well i really want to see it please 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 let rachel please, see please, it give please, her a screener <laughs> give her a screener <laughs> i'm dying to see it please 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 so I'm glad, but I'm glad you were able to give your review. Uh, yeah, a little and, vague. I don't want to ruin it for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what would you, how many crowns would you give it? Um, I would probably give it a 3.75. Hmm, um, good. Yeah. That's good. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the good folks at Baker Publishing Group. Looking for the perfect gift for the romantic book lover in your life? These contemporary romance novels will woo their way into your hearts. First, we have To Win a Prince by Tony Shiloh. Fashion aficionado Iris Blakely dreams of using her talent to start a business to help citizens in impoverished areas. But when she discovers that Econ Dilo will be her business consultant, the battle between her desires and reality begins. Can she keep her heart and business intact despite the challenges she faces? Have to read to find out. Next up, All That It Takes by Nicole Deese. After moving cross-country with her son and accepting a filmmaker's mentorship, Val Locklear is caught between her insecurities and new possibilities. Miles McKenzie returns home to find a new tenant is living upstairs, and he's been banished to a ministry on life support. As sparks fly, they discover that authentic love and sacrifice must go hand in hand. Pretty Little Spaces by Carmen Schober is sure to please. Georgina Havoc's dream of a happily ever after falls apart when her boyfriend blindsides her with a pause. She is determined to pick up the pieces of her previously perfect life, but with the reappearance of her troubled twin sister, plus the presence of a ruggedly handsome ex-sniper, she's left facing not only her shattered future, but also her past. Looking for Leroy by Melody Carlson, Brianna Phillips is ready to give up on love, but when her fellow teacher invites her on a trip through Sonoma wine country, she's reminded of her first crush, whose family owned a vineyard there. Is there any chance she can find him and one last chance for a love? Next up, The Sweet Life by Suzanne Woods Fisher, jilted by her fiance, Don Dixon, escapes to beautiful Cape Cod on a groomless honeymoon with her mother, but she didn't expect her mom to risk everything on a whim to move there permanently and buy a rundown ice cream shop in need of repair. Of course, in order to make their new life work, they'll also need her ex's help. 
Finally, The Last Way Home by Liz Johnson, a disgraced former NHL player and a local artist are thrown together when her pottery studio burns to the ground on the day he returns to Prince Edward Island. But as they work together to rebuild, their secrets will come out, putting even their hearts on the line. So head over to bakerbookhouse.com slash featured slash Hallmarkies to pick up one of these great books and use code Hallmarkies40 for 40% off these titles from November 14th to December 12th. That's bakerbookhouse.com slash featured slash Hallmarkies and use code Hallmarkies40 for 40% off. Give my quick thoughts on two more of the Great American Family movies that you can watch on these both. You can watch on Tubi. And, uh, and so if you don't want to, you know, watch you watch on Tubi and it's destined at Christmas. This was the first one that came out, but it's mm-hmm. now on Tubi, uh, with Shay Robbins and Casey Elliott. And basically it's about this, this, these two people that meet black Friday shopping and they have this kind of, it's basically a um, serendipity kind of connection and uh and but they don't get each other's name and information so then they spend the movie kind of trying to figure out who each other are and uh, it's 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 a cute cute enough movie it's a little bland but it's probably the best one of any of these that i've seen so far Mm -hmm. from them so uh that's that uh i would give it 3.5 I think for Dustin Christmas. And then uh, they have a Royal Christmas on ice. This again is also on Tubi. It's Anne-Marie Dobbins, Jonathan Stoddard. uh, And it's basically this prince comes to this small town uh, to um, he's going to start this business. And there's this former Olympian Olympic uh, ice skater uh, they meet and he's going to like take, he wants to take down the, uh, the, the ice skating rink and build, I forget condos or something, but, <laughs> but then, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then like Billy Baldwin is also in it involved. And this one was a snooze. This one was not great. Uh, like the last 20 minutes when they're really getting into ice skating and more, cause there's a lot of this movie spent off the, off the thing. And that was more fun, the ending, I would say, but I would still probably give it two crowns. So I would skip that one. But <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Santa Boot Camp. This on the 19th on Lifetime, Rita Moreno, Emily Kinney, Marissa Jarrett Winokur, director Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, and its event planner, Emily, is sent to Santa boot camp to find the perfect Santa for mall magnet Ed Mancini's Christmas. While there, she meets Belle, the boot camp's drill sergeant with a heart of gold who helps Emily rediscover the magic of Christmas. Now, when I was talking with Amy Winter, I, I said I made the point that why would they have this boot camp during Christmas? They would need it to be sooner so that then the Santa work during christmas right but they did kind of cover that in this with the whole it's for this particular party Mm -hmm. that it wasn't to like be a mall santa i mean it would still make the most sense for them to have the boot camp like in july or august to be prepared you know prepared but uh, they at least kind of addressed that with this but uh but what did you think overall of this one um, I enjoyed it. I expected it to be a little bit more bonkers and a little bit more kind of 
um, over the top. Um, uh-huh. But I think overall, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I feel like they they use Rita really well. They use Marissa really well. Um, and uh-huh. Emily Kenny, I've seen her in uh, The Walking Dead a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not really a show that I enjoy, so... Um, but I'm sure I've seen her kind of here and there on that. Um, well, she's in a, I would say a somewhat controversial Hallmark movie. If you can, if you, if, if those exist is love on the sidelines that a lot of people really don't like. I like it. I think it's cute and makes lovers, but some people just think he's too much of a pig. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I understand that. But anyway, she's she was really cute in that movie, and uh, I, I I'm glad to have her back doing Christmas movies again because I don't think she's done one for she has done one for a while. Yeah, and she's definitely got like the energy for these type mm-hmm. of movies. Yeah, yeah, she does. And uh, I thought that they did a pretty good job with the transformation. <laughs> <laughs> because that's one of the rules of boot camp is uh is being transformed by the holidays and and uh, not just looking your regular self but transforming into to basically uh white christmas you know the like the end of white christmas her uh her mrs claus kind of outfit was really pretty impressive it's good and the red yeah. lip she rocked the red lip yeah i mean she looked incredible and they definitely pulled off that moment between them when he yeah. sees it for the first time. Yeah. Like, that, that, they sold that really well. Yeah. And there were cute moments between the two of them. The, like when he makes her dinner, she's like, I've heard of the naked chef. I've heard of the, whatever, I've never heard of the singing chef. That's <laughs> cute. I thought. Uh, and they had like enough kind of cute activities. Cause I was worried that this was going to end up being like, the Christmas camp, which is one of my least favorite, you know, where like the big activity was walking the owner's dog. I mean, <laughs> like no fun activities this day, at least they were like painting nutcrackers and, and, uh, you know, like other fun activities for the Santa boot camp. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it was sweet when, uh, when she interacts with that deaf girl, yeah, yeah, I really like the, the sort of, you know, giving, you know, deaf actors, you know, space and and mm-hmm. they took their time with that in this movie. Um, yeah. And really, you know, it usually just feels like it's sort of shoehorned in, in in some cases, but I feel like they really, you know, give it space in this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I've never seen a, a like a tree auction like that. People are like bidding. it's douglas fir 100 200 you know whatever that was kind of funny i thought and and then also i mean i'm a big fan of like the sexy dough eating scene where they're like they have to be like leaning over each other (laughs) it's so ridiculous but i love it (laughs) yeah yeah i was just waiting on it i was like you never needed go before (laughs) you need to be taught well one of my favorite hallmark movies of all time is recipe for love uh, with sean roberts and daniel panabaker uh and, <laughs> uh they have a very good sexy don't eating <laughs> i mean i joke that it's like hallmark's version of the ghost pottery scene yeah yeah 
but uh but yeah this this was fun it was too short though. i was like oh they cut it off so soon <laughs> i could have had more 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 sexy don't eating uh i i, I thought marissa jarrett when occur uh had some funny lines uh probably her best was there's no ugly christmas sweaters that's just a myth perpetuated by the media <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line <laughs> yeah yeah she was really fun in this um yeah she is very similar to like her actual personality um mm-hmm. yeah and her like natural energy was really really well used in this film yeah yeah i mean because she she won big brother uh marissa jarrett winnaker so she's got a a a pretty bubbly you know personality that's able to win over people and things mm-hmm. uh but uh, it was like a celebrity big brother she won. Uh, but, uh, and of course on Hairspray. But mm-hmm. that was funny. Uh, we do get the, we live in different places. But we can't be together. Conflict. He's not going to move. And so that's what we get. We get the near kiss um, in there. And then uh, we get the final, the, like, basically there's this guy that, sh- that she's going to Santa boot camp for to help plan his party to get like the perfect Santa or something. And, uh, and they end up making this party kind of the final project for Santa boot camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, what did you think of Rita Remainer? Do you think she was, I would enjoy her role here. Yeah. I actually was surprised to use her so much. Mm-hmm because yeah i imagine she you know she i'm amazed that she has gotten to where she is in terms of her age and she's still so active in her career and just like absolutely killing it um but yeah i'm surprised that she was such a big part of this um and i'm glad she was yeah because like originally tend to just put her name put a big name on a movie and then you know you tune in and they're there for like five minutes (laughs) yeah yeah no that's very very true and and it was interesting they said amy said that originally this role was planned for betty white oh yeah yeah and so it was supposed to be made a couple like in 20 like in 2020 of course and then she passed away the and so then they had to to change i don't know if i needed the flying car at the end that was a little much it's yeah. just kind of like what are we it's greece all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> what i want uh but emily gets the mvp award and then of course they she decides she's gonna stay there and so then they can be together and uh, then uh we we also have it becoming this originally it's gonna be a thousand dollars a plate uh ahead um event and I'm sure that that absolutely does happen, but still, I think that would be on the high side uh, yeah. for even like a uh, pretty expensive, you know, dinner. Like, I mean, I guess if you're in like Beverly Hills or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My, my taste doesn't nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the most expensive meal I probably ever had was uh, a multi-course meal uh that was the special chef who'd been brought in um it was 76 dollars 
which it was a, a good deal because it was a lot of courses and stuff. It was actually, it was amazing. But uh, yeah, I'm not a fine diner person. <laughs> Usually I'm like that kind of fancy food. I'm like, I need more sauce. <laughs> Bring over more. It's like so sparsy. You end up hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm not a fine diner either, but I do watch MasterChef and things like that. And I'm uh-huh. just like so critical, even though I would never eat any food. <laughs> I'm just, oh, this is terrible as if I would ever actually eat it yeah. so what would you give Santa Boot Camp um I would give it a three yeah I I, I was, I'll say 3.25 but basically on the same page it was fun it was like it'd be right in the middle of the pack for me as far as my Christmas movies this year mm-hmm. yeah uh, so all right well let's talk about Christmas Party Crashers this is on BET and stars sky townsend jamie calica and i have a bone to pick with bt because for some reason they do not allow their new movies to be casted mm. so that gives me no choice but to watch them on my phone which i hate doing i don't like watching movies on my phone i like to at least be able to cast it up to you know my television and i mean i just feel like it's very disrespectful but literally it they won't allow you it says this movie is uh not available for you can't cast it this is too early or whatever and so i don't like that bt plus if you're listening please don't do that i want to be able to cast your movie so that i can watch it on my television and not have to watch it on my phone <laughs> yeah that's crazy <laughs> Yeah. You feel like most media players now have that option. So yeah, it's strange that. Yeah. And I don't understand why because because it's new, like that makes no sense. Yeah, like you think you would want people to be able to cast it. Yeah. Why are you <laughs> force them to watch it on their phones? Very annoying. But I do think Sky Townsend and Jamie Calica are an incredibly attractive couple. They are beautiful, both of them. Uh, and charming, uh, very nice personalities. This was a great match. I would love to see them in even more movies together. Uh, but the plot is when two grifters meet after crashing the same millionaire's Christmas party, they agree to work together to achieve each other's mission, not knowing that they would find something more than money or fame, true love. And I, I think that for the most part, this movie works. I think they're so good, charming, the, the idea of the of the crashing the events to try to get uh, she's got this like app that she's trying to sell and he I forget what it was that he's trying to sell but but anyway trying to get uh, connections with these people and and I mean that's totally a thing especially in like in uh, Los Angeles you know that getting into that party so you can meet the right person who'll give you the first because a lot of the hardest parts of being in it seems like in the in a lot of these industries is getting that first gig that first thing and then once you have one then you can get another and another and it, and it kind of helps but uh so i understood that the bet movies they really lean into the melodrama i i've learned this now after watching several uh they like in this movie there's like a whole love triangle with the uh the woman that uh, he is trying to impress uh he's trying to get a job from uh and uh there's this other woman uh and then her and so the uh they create this love triangle like you say and 
and that was less effective. I don't know. Like I appreciate them wanting to go into sort of camp into soap opera, like theatrics. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know. It's just an interesting, I guess it's interesting to see that that's kind of their take on these on these movies is to kind of be sort of soapy and to have the cat fighting and the 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 melodrama always and i mean at least in this one i felt like the guy was worth it because jamie's so great so like i can understand (laughs) but uh but i i think they could tone it down a little bit and i think it does sort of highlight maybe some acting weaknesses on the part of some of the cast you know because that soap opera dynamic can kind of amplify that a little bit yeah are Um, the actors soap opera actors or i don't know if if i don't know if they're soap opera actors but i think some of them have done like um like the kind of soap operas that you see on own or bt or or you know like tyler perry uh, they has he has these kind of soap operas Mm-hmm. that he does i think they i think some of them are on on those kinds of shows which is fine i have nothing against that it's just i i kind of wish they would sort of maybe lean a little less to it <laughs> maybe that it gets a little much maybe uh and so but it's just something i'm realizing it's just a part of these movies is they like that kind of uh melodrama and love triangles and and catty women and stuff like that mm-hmm so, but this one is the best of that they've done so far this year. Uh, and I just, I loved Sky Townsend and Jamie Calico together. They are a great match and I hope they do more movies together. So I would good. give this one uh 3.75. Nice. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. Well, let's talk about a show topping Christmas. And this is on uh, the song Lifetime. It stars Jamie Perez and Thomas McDonald. And it's Riley, the artistic director of the Noda Theater in Massachusetts, learns that the theater's Scrooge-like owner, Regina, is preparing to close the, the theater. So she calls upon the ghosts of Regina's past, present, and future to change her mind. Meanwhile, Riley casts a big TV star, Sam Palmer, who has moved to the area to, the area to escape as Bob Cratchit in A Christmas Carol. So overall, what do you think about this one? 
Um, I was excited to see this one. I really like Thomas uh, McDonald. He's he was on the hundred uh, years ago, but he hasn't really been in um, much since. So when his name sort of popped up, I, I was really really excited to see him in this. But yeah, he, he definitely has that sort of CW um, leading man sort of energy. Um, mm-hmm. So I was interested to see if that would sort of carry over into into the sort of TV movie world. And I think he did a really good job for his first one out. Um, and I hope that they keep using him. Um, and Jamie Perez, I, I believe she's relatively relatively new to to the Hallmark sort of lifetime type movies as well. So yeah, I thought she did a great job. And I think overall, considering the, the amount of a Christmas carol we're getting this year, um, I feel like this one did a pretty good job of, you know, uh, telling their story. Um, and making it as enjoyable as they could. Like like I said, we've just gotten so many of these this year. I don't know yeah, what's happening. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's really funny. It's like yeah. an onslaught. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we always get one or two kind of Christmas yeah. esque, but this is like a we need lot to do it like year. a tally of how many there actually yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I agree. I mean, this is definitely on a lower budget. This is uh, an acquisition, had a different title last year. Uh, and so I, I think you have to kind of take that into account a little bit in sort of the, the overall budgets of, uh, the movie, but I thought that Jamie did a good job. And I, I also liked Thomas. I mean, I ended up interviewing Jamie and she was very sweet and I enjoyed the interview. And, uh, and so I, I think that she has a lot of potential, uh, to be in these movies. I could see her like being in Hallmark movies, being in Lifetime movies. So I hope that uh, they kind of, uh, they, I hope they see that she did a good job and uh, I hope they see her potential and, uh, and continue to cast her. Cause I think that she's a good, good actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the things that I do hope that they, especially when they have so many acquisitions, I hope that they pay attention to the ones that really sort of pop and the ones that the audience really connects with and, and sort of, yeah. Yeah. Really invest in and, uh, and their careers and sort of bring them back because it's sad when you get someone that you really really like and then you just don't see them again mm-hmm. well and of course i like this movie because it's, it is kind of a love letter to to local yeah. theater small theater yeah. and that's something i really believe in and i really love in fact when i interviewed jamie i actually was uh i ended up being just a little bit late because i was coming from having seen live theater so it was like the perfect <laughs> i mean she was super nice you know patient with me but uh but yeah i was actually returning from live theater <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, i i like that uh, they had that kind of community spirit throughout the whole movie and uh, i uh, there were some decent lines in this movie like i i i just really especially the i never thought i'd hear the words thrilled and condominium in the same sentence (laughs) that was was a good one that was a good one because of course they want to tear down this like historic theater and build condominiums (laughs) yeah it's always a condo (laughs) there's no other land evidently it's always the land of the like the historic theater or historic church or community center or whatever (laughs) uh, there were i thought the rehearsals were fun the practicing of the of the play were were really fun uh all of that kind of captured that 
that gift that live theater is to the community. Mm-hmm. It's nice. And, uh, and then uh, I, I, I liked Sam's character was pretty fun. The he's, he's a lead on the show, lovable strangers, which I thought was, it sounded like a valid show. <laughs> strangers. Uh, and he's a movie star uh, and they kind of go on a date and he's like, maybe I'm just a nice guy, <laughs> which was cute. And, and he says, I love watching your face because you care so much about everyone else. Uh, yeah. And she, she gets kind of mad at him for, because Regina is his aunt. And mm-hmm. so he's trying to help her to, with the sale and everything. And supposedly this, this, uh, this theater uh, will sell for $3.5 million. It's <laughs> like, I'd sell it too. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I think they've got a little bit carried away with the numbers there. Yeah. <laughs> so like, what was it? <laughs> $2 million is too less. But yeah, yeah I mean, that's spot on. <laughs> Wherever in Massachusetts this is, that, that's a very expensive town. Uh, it was That was funny. And yeah. I mean, I was a little bit annoyed when she gets, she's like, you lied to me. I'm like, oh gosh, I was a little annoyed there. And they definitely, I think took the movie took itself a little too seriously at times, you know, it's like, this is just supposed to be sort of light and it went like heavy. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like, I think, I don't know if I was just being a little bit oversensitive, but I think when you have a character like Regina, who you're trying to make your Scrooge, it's a little bit difficult when you know, she's coming to work in a place that, you know, by all accounts is a bit of a money pit, you know, it's yeah. not bringing her any joy and it has, you know, a, a sort of living, breathing constant reminder of her, her husband that passed away. Mm-hmm. And then you have, she just wants to retire um, and just go, you know, live, you know, her life and, and sort of find peace. And yeah, so when you have someone like rightly sort of constantly pushing her I, th- I feel like they got very close to sort of crossing a line with Riley they didn't quite uh-huh. go there but yeah. yeah I feel like it could have been very easy for them to sort of push that a little bit further and just been like this poor woman is like <laughs> just wants to be free and just wants to have a little bit of peace and yeah but yeah I feel like having that sort of you know being about the theater and something like something like that that we can all sort of understand why that should be you know sacred and protected helped um Mm -hmm. Riley's character quite a bit because we understand and we also believe that that building should not come down what's you know you know the theater should 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 continue and yeah yeah that was my sort of great it's not really because it didn't actually go there but it was something I was concerned a little bit about yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, let the woman like retire in Boca. Like she deserves it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I I I and there were like some I I thought all the leads were all solid. There were some not as great sort of background and other uh, other performances side uh, supporting performances and that goes into the budget. Uh, so you kind of have to accept this is not on that same budget as like a lifetime or, I mean, it is on lifetime, but a regular lifetime movie. Uh, so they, but, uh, but I overall enjoyed it. I would give this one 3.5.
Uh, yeah, yeah, I would go with that as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. three point five. Yeah, I think we're almost done, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so we just have one more left for you to talk about with saving Christmas spirit. This is on uh, Spirit Network, starring Ashley Newbrow and James Robinson, an archaeologist discovers the importance of letting a little festive wonder back into her life and finds both history and love. What'd you think? Um, yeah, so I was, again, a little bit nervous going into this because we've had a few of these, you know, set in Scotland Christmas movies and some tend to, you know, work better than others. And mm-hmm. I think for me, this is, I, I think this is maybe the third or fourth one that we've had. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the one on Netflix, was it last year? I mean, yes. that was kind of brutal. That was brutal. <laughs> yeah, with Brooke Shields and Carrie Ellis doing that accent. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was rough. Um, so <laughs> this being the sort of one to follow that um, had a lot of, you know, high expectations placed on it by me, probably unfairly, but here we are. Um, <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it was, you know, filmed in Scotland. Uh, it, you can definitely tell that they sort of hired, I guess, locally. It would be interesting to find out how they went about casting this movie because the, the, the entire movie pretty much takes place in Scotland. Um, there's only two characters. So you have Ashley Newbury's character come to, to Scotland. Um, she's an archaeologist and she's coming to sort of try and find art- artefacts that can save her job because her job is at risk and she there's cuts and she might be the one one of the people getting cut um so she sort of has to make a big discovery um so she lands in scotland and tries to to sort of find these this sort of ancient um shrine um and i do mm-hmm. like that they they did inject a lot of a lot a lot a lot of um scottish history and that is sort of a, a tropey thing of, of like a you know kind of comical thing of like everybody in Scotland knows like a folklore or you know that anybody you talk to is like an expert in, in <clears throat> whatever folklore is, is sort of local to them but I do like that they did bring in some actual real Scottish folklore there was um, a big part of the movie was the the Bureau Goddess which is the goddess of the winter, um, which I had never heard of. So I'm mm. even learning stuff watching this movie. And that's sort of <laughs> the... like I'm learning about my own <laughs> culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, they're sort of trying to find, she's sort of trying to find the shrine uh, to the goddess. Um, and that will save her job. And then you have Duncan, who's our love interest, played by James Robinson, who I hadn't seen in, in much, but he's definitely, you know, you know, worked a bunch and it's got a bunch of credits. Okay. Um, so it'd be nice to sort of again see him pop up in another one of these movies because he definitely has leading man energy um mm. I feel like he's very spoony in this film and yeah so she's he's, from he's, out of town so she doesn't have to from, have an accent she's she's American yeah so yeah, she's okay. there's only That's two good. there's only two Americans in the film so she comes uh, to sort of find these artifacts she stays at a, a bed and breakfast and she sort of has a, rom- a romance with Duncan, who is the bed and breakfast uh, uh, owner's son. Um, and there's also his nephew, who's also American. So that was another aspect of the film that I really liked. You have um, his nephew, Finn, um, who's, uh, I believe, around 17, 18. And 
um, you have him and his love interest and you know, I get a little nervous when they bring the teens in because they can lean a little hard on the angst, but these kids are just so, like, lovable and nice, and Finn's sort of big plot in the movie is him trying to get a girls' rugby team for his love interest because he sort of rightfully sees how unfair it is that she is more talented at rugby than the majority of the male uh, team, um, and she can't get a team just because they don't want to, um, and it's really unfair. So, yeah, th that aspect of the film, um, you know, wasn't a huge part of it, but I did enjoy it, and I felt like those actors were really, really likeable. Um, and sort of Duncan's main sort of part in the movie, other than sort of showing um, Ashley Nurby's character Lucy around, is um, he has a distillery um, with mm. whiskey called Christmas Spirit. No, the oh, of the nice. movie. <laughs> <laughs> All comes um, and it, it is a little bit of a save the blank when it comes to the distillery because he's in financial trouble. Um, and is it like also, the scientific farmer though, where he's like making the, the like no the, the, the whiskey has whiskey. already be, yeah, oh, no, the whiskey has already That's been good. created. It's actually <laughs> I feel like I'm I, there's so much happening in this movie, and I'm sorry if I'm being a little like all over the place. Because, <laughs> yeah, um, there is Christmas magic in this movie. Oh, in the form of Duncan's father, um, who oh. is a ghost that comes around at Christmas and basically like sort of nudges them all. And it's played off as like a joke in the beginning of the movie of like, you know, Duncan's mom sort of um, in a sort of, it's all sort of in her sort of her way of, you know, dealing with the loss of her husband as she believes that he comes around around Christmas and sort of helps them. Oh, um, but creative. as a, yeah, but as the movie progresses, you actually physically see things happen, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, things will just randomly fall or, and then it just escalates. Um, and it's really down to you whether you are all in on that, if the ending will work for you, because they do tend, they do push it a little bit um, kind of far, because, yeah, it gets a little bit um, yeah, santa -y, I'll, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what would you give this one? Um, I'm going to give it a, a four just because I really, really enjoyed it. Um, mm -hmm. And we've had, yeah, like I say, a few of these movies and this is the only one that has really worked for me. And I will say if, if you are a fan of Scotland and you just want to see beautiful, you know, landscapes, then this is a movie for you. They use mm -hmm. so much beautiful, beautiful um, locations and there's the sort of famous um, Harry Potter um, real way that you sort of see the Glenfinnan uh, viaduct which is the sort of bridge that you see in Harry Potter when they're going up to Hogwarts so they use that quite a bit um, in the movie and they actually go there so yeah if you if you just want to see how beautiful mm -hmm. Scotland can be um, watch this movie um, cool. and I believe it will be uh, actually nobody tweeted about it because yeah I think I think uh, some of the cast were even surprised it was on it the UK before it uh, go anywhere else but yeah I think December yeah December 23rd on AMC plus um, it will be available mm. for, for US okay. viewers well we'll look forward to that uh, and uh, so let us know if you've seen any of these movies what you thought I know we covered a lot uh, if you're listening we'd love to hear your opinions in the comments or on Twitter and uh, Michelle how can people find you um, on Twitter at Michelle R. Benson. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, 
and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also, make sure you're following the podcast at Homework is Pod and Homework is Podcast, all of our social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. That really helps us so, so much. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is the best way that you can support us. And we really, really appreciate it. We have watch alongs and other perks that make it work for a while. And then we also have the merch store, which has tons of fun, festive designs. So please take a look at that. And uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to y'all later. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.